Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good morning, sunshine. Welcome to another day of the Make Your Damn Bed podcast. Today's concept is being inspired by and adapted from an article written by Andy Beckett for The Guardian. And I stumbled upon it recently while doing research into what we'd have to do to structure society in a way that's better for the people. And if we're going to prioritize people over profits, which is the necessary next step, it's important to think about how we can restructure a shift to be the least negatively impactful on its people. But because the change we need is systemic, it's going to be big and the shift will be uncomfortable for some. But it's undeniably necessary. Because the way we're doing it now is not only uncomfortable, but it's unsustainable. And frankly, unfair. But because the systemic change will be so seismic, it's intimidating to think about all the shit we have to do. Luckily, there are smarter people than me who have been doing the work for generations in preparation for a shift. And because these brilliant humanitarians and activists have done this work, it gives people like me, Joe Schmoes, that don't know what to do, a place to start. But we have to bring back the power of imagination, because the powers that be, who are in charge of the media we consume, typically don't advocate or show us ways that will lead to their demise. We are responsible for imagining and being able to imagine and foresee a future that is not dictated by money and capitalism and profits and growth over the well-being of its people. And the first thing I think that takes a little bit of reimagining is going to be our relationship with work. I've talked about before how much I think laziness is a capitalist myth and a made-up word to make us feel shameful when we're not being productive for society. But it's not just a reframing of our relationship with productivity and laziness. It's going to take a reframing of what we consider important work and our relationship with it. So quoting Andy Beckett's article here, he says, Work is the master of the modern world. For most people, it's impossible to imagine society without it. It pervades and dominates everyday life, especially in Britain and the U.S. More completely than any time in recent history, an obsession with employability runs through education. 
even severely disabled welfare claimants are required to be work seekers. Hardworking families are idealized by politicians. We pitch business ideas to our friends. Tech companies persuade employees that round-the-clock work is play. They have nap pods and beer so that you never need to go home. And as someone who's living the dream as a freelancer in the gig economy, we're convinced that working round the clock like this is freedom. And in a lot of ways, it is. But that's because our relationship as a society with work is incredibly toxic. Historically speaking, workers are commuting further, producing more, retiring later, unionizing and striking less, and compensation is not reflecting that. But what's really fucking with me the most about all of this is that digital technology could be a wonderful asset to workers and laborers. It could reduce the hard parts of our job so that we could focus our time and energy on less tedious and time-wasty tasks that could easily be outsourced. But instead, it feels like digital technology is just making it so that we never have leisure time. It's making it so that even at home, we can answer emails and get our work done from anywhere. And all of these ideas and ways kind of mutually reinforce themselves. So it is unsurprising that work increasingly dictates our routines and our psyches, and thus has an influence on literally everything in our lives. And if we think about it, it's going to change our sense of identity when we change our relationship with work. Every child can remember being asked what they want to be when they grow up. And even I, as an adult, struggled to know what to talk about with new people other than what they do for a living. We have to learn how to identify with anything else other than work if we want to move from such a work-prioritized culture. Because work doesn't work, period. It hasn't been working for a long time. And I'll quote here, As a sort of substance, let alone prosperity, work is now insufficient for whole social classes. In the UK, almost two-thirds of those in poverty, around 8 million people, are in working households. In the U.S., the average wage has completely stagnated for half a century. As a source of social mobility and self-worth, work increasingly fails even the most educated, supposedly the system's winners. In 2017, half of recent U.K. graduates were officially classified as working in a non-graduate role. And I bet the stats aren't much different in the U.S. Work sucks, and we've known it for a while. Our jobs don't care about us. And people within them are suffering. Corporate profits are at an all-time high, and employee laborer earnings are at an all-time low. Between the ongoing debt and housing crises, and the fact that millions go hungry in this country every day, it's fairly common knowledge that at this point, unless you inherit money or a house from a family member, you're probably not going to get wealthy on having a full-time job. Work has begun to feel pointless, because... It kind of is. Most of our jobs are useless. They're not actually helping the world. In fact, most of the jobs we have are actively damaging it. Whether we're selling products we can't afford or staring at screens all day, oftentimes we're really just middle management of corporate profits in some way or another. Even when we follow our passions, there is always something work-related that makes that passion vanish faster than a vape smoke ring in a crowded room. 
But what I think is most important to remember throughout all of this is to not feel personally discouraged. If you feel like this stuff resonates in a shameful way, or you feel like you're quote unquote part of the problem, because it's not your fault. We are all forced to be a cog in a machine because we were born into a place where this is the way things are. But just because we were born into a shitty today does not mean we can't work together to create and highlight a more positive and proactive tomorrow. But in my experience, if we do want to make a better tomorrow, we can't be dwelling on how bad today is without filtering in a little bit of hope. My goal with these episodes is to help us remember that it's not hopeless. It just might take some creative thinking to get us out of that cycle. Anyway, I love you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And I'll talk to you tomorrow while you make your damn bed. Bye, beautiful. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.